go live. $100 in free bets before they go live by signing up today. No deposit required. Ain't got to do anything. All you have to do is sign up. And then you can start with the 100 bucks. Maybe you make a little something and you can continue to play, right? Easy enough. So go do it. Put in the code LaRose, L-A-R-O-S-E. Our two done. Our three, Lee Sterling, Chip Patterson. Open segment next, if you like to call in. It's the Sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? So, your wipers are streaking. It might be time for a new set. We've got a great deal to help you get the job done and be ready for the weather ahead. Right now, you can get a $15 AutoZone gift card by mail or email when you buy two Bosch Envision wiper blades. And we've got even more ways to shop. Just order online with our free same-day store pickup or next-day delivery. Get in Start your job today at AutoZone.com. Restrictions apply. Wonder if you should get tested for colorectal cancer? Well, it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S. And screening helps prevent it. So if you're 50 or older, it's time. Even if it doesn't run in your family. Most often, colorectal cancer occurs in people with no family history. And it doesn't always cause symptoms, especially early on. So don't wait for symptoms to get tested. Screening helps prevent the disease by finding precancerous polyps so they can be removed. Remove the polyp, prevent the cancer. Screening also helps find colorectal cancer early when treatment works best. You might be thinking, oh no, not that test. But here's the thing, you have options. There's more than one screening test. Talk to your doctor to find the one that's right for you. No more excuses. If you're over 50, get tested. Because colorectal cancer screening really does save lives. A message from HHS and CDC's Screen for Life campaign. Louisiana broadcasters are looking for the best of the best. Announcing the 2022 LAB Broadcast Scholarship Program, two $2,000 scholarships are available to Louisiana broadcasting students. For complete details, please call 1-800-364-7260 or go to broadcasters.org. Deadline for entries January 28, 2022. The Louisiana Association of Broadcasters Scholarship Program, good for you, good for us, great for Louisiana. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Try to get in as much sound as possible in your phone calls. Lee Sterling, 215. Chip Patterson, 230. Last night, Pell's losing. No, there's no excuse for being young. There's no excuse for anything like that. You know, we all got to look ourselves in the mirror. I got to look myself in the mirror. That is uh, Josh Hart, 113.98, the final there. Also, Saints back at it to practice yesterday. Uh, six players on the injury report. And on that injury report, Taysom Hill was on there. You had Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchek as well as guys that didn't practice. Ty Montgomery, Malcolm Roach, Tanel Passanow. Limited, running back Alvin Kamara. That's a good thing. Trevor Simeon, spoke yesterday. He's your starter. 
Uh, he was asked, is he starting to find a comfort level with head coach Sean Payton in terms of the play calling? Yeah, it's, it's probably been accelerated, probably more so for me. Um, but, yeah, I think you, you have the headset on in uh, – you know, during during the games as a backup too, so you kind of get a feel for how Sean gets the call in and what he's thinking, and you get a feel for the rhythm of the game and how he calls it. And um, certainly, uh, being in the huddle, managing personnel, um, you get even more of a feel for that. But um, you know, that's your job as a backup too, is to kind of be in tune with all those um, all those types of things and how Sean likes to call it and what the message is during the week. Ah, uh, uh, what is that message during the week to the team overall? Yeah, I think Sean has a obviously a lot of experience you know he's, he's been through uh whatever this league has has uh shown to him but i think he's got a gift for giving the team the right message at the right time um probably more so than any just as good as any head coach i've been around so um you know i think i think there's no doubt when we get into a team meeting um uh, where our compass is going to be set as a team and um the guys feel that and i think you know starting today i think we had a good good day of work What's his message this week? Yeah, um, you know, I think, uh, golly, now I'm, <laughs> I'm looking back. Um, you know, just kind of what, what kind of ball game it's going to be, how Philly's playing, um, what we need to do offensively better, defensively what we need to do. Um, those kind of keys to the game, I think, are easily identifiable for us. And um, starting today, get to work and um, focus on Sunday for sure. Algiers or goes it Derek or Eric, sir? Hey, how you doing, Gus? Doing well, man. What what would be your message to the team? My message for the team is pray, <laughs> pray, <laughs> pray <laughs> that your wife will be will catch the ball. Maybe they need to put their hands on that that globe, like in uh, Clash the Titans, mm, like the witches. I like you that. know they're looking. Yeah, but, if you um, do the prairie emoji, if you do the prairie emoji, you, your hands are in front of you. It, it is kind of the receiving position, right? You, you basically you want to form a diamond with your hands, right? So using the prairie emoji, dude, you might be on to something here. Well, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> um, but I want to call you and ask you about this scenario. Okay. Um, I know the day the season ends. I would be shopping Marshawn Lattimore, and the first people I would pick up the phone and call is either the Denver Broncos or the Kansas City Chiefs. For who? I think we could get a haul because they need cornerbacks up in the AFC West bad. And if we could get a large ransom for them, maybe we can move up and take the guy from Liberty as a quarterback. Or... If we do it with Denver, we can get uh, maybe Teddy Two Gloves back plus some picks. I wanted to know what you thought about that. I also wanted to know what you thought about as far as trading Ruiz, what we could get, and uh, Andreas Pete. Because I think if we shop Lattimore, we'll be able to dump uh, some salary. With Pete, we dump some salary. And Ruiz will dump some salary. But with Lattimore, it's the King's ransom when it comes down to pick. And then we can upgrade our receivers and we won't have to go to the little sisters of the poor to get somebody. So tell me what you think about that. Uh, no. I, I'm gonna, I, look, here's oh. the thing. No. Okay, first off, 
you just gave Lattimore a new deal. So aside from financially not making sense, why would you want to get rid of one of your best pieces on defense? He's having a very good year. No, no, I know, but what what you're saying is you're looking for a haul. But here's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I don't know who the quarterback is next year. I don't know how many receivers I can go get and all that stuff. So what I'm trying to tell you is, like this year, I'm probably going to be depending on what I think is a very good defense. Sean Payton this morning on the Dan Patrick Show said one of the reasons he thinks that he beats Tom Brady more than any other coach right now or team is because of his defense. A very big part of your defense is a shutdown corner or number one corner, which is what Marshawn Lattimore is. So that's not even a consideration because he makes your defense better. You don't want to weaken one side of the ball that's a known for what you may get. Whatever the hole may be with whatever team you're making a trade in, you don't know what you're getting back. And you don't know if that player is going to make your team better or not. I know Marshawn Lattimore makes my team better. And games after just signing a massive deal, he's played his butt off. So, no on that aspect well, of it. I'm, you know? I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure out a way. I mean, one thing about the college football ranks now is that you can find receivers throughout the draft. Throughout the draft. And I'm just trying to figure out. And I know it was a long shot, but I need some people who's coming in the first five rounds as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, just somebody you pick off the street. And when I saw McCleskey's name, I was like, man, this dude's like an old chicken wing, and we just throwing him in the microwave. You know, I was just like, where's, this? where's McCleskey? <laughs> really? You know, I was like, really? Is that, is that bad? Dude. We had to, well, we I mean, had to uh, here, Dude, here's the thing. It is week 11. Like, right. who are you going right. to go get? I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's week 11. I mean, I, you're, you're lucky if somebody can actually come in and is still in shape by this point. You know? So, and that's why I keep saying, man, I, I'm okay. And I like how Sean Payton went about, you know, the, the, o, the OBJ thing and other guys that he was trying to get earlier in the year. Just, you, you, you make a pitch. If it fits what you want to spend and what you want to do, great. If not, no problem. We'll roll with yeah. what we got. I mean, I just, this is the year, man. Find out who your knowns and your constants, right? Like we just talked about. Lattimore's a constant. A Debo looks like he's somebody that can sort of do, you know, some things for right. you and is a starter, right? I mean, literally, you went and traded for a corner and you don't need them. So that's a good thing. Um, You've seen promise in some of your linebackers, especially the young guys, right? Whether it's Ellis or Werner that have yeah. seen a lot of action. So that, that's good. So what I'm saying, man, is that side of the football, like to me, my most important thing is to try to keep Dennis Allen, you know, but he may he may get a call to be a coach. So that side of the football is my no and my constant. I, I'm going to have to rework the offense. And, one, and that, and that to me includes the line. And that's something you brought up, Ruiz, and you brought up Pete. Um I wouldn't be opposed to trying to say, because I think you can upgrade on that. Right. One last thing. Would, do you think Malcolm Jenkins will be returning? I'm just looking at his age. Right. And well, he's playing well. And he's playing experience. well this year. And Ross Jackson, who came on earlier, said that he, you know, the Eagles over there wished they'd had him back. So, yeah, I, I definitely think he's back for another right. season for sure. Uh, all right. Well, I'll talk to you Monday after my wide receiver <laughs> analysis. Oh yes, that's right. Absolutely. You are you're the wide receiver analysis guy. 
Oh, there he goes. I love it. McCleskey's a chicken right. wing. You're throwing back into the microwave. Oh, man. That is where we are when it comes to receivers. Marquez Callaway, he spoke yesterday. What did he learn from last week? Well, I mean, I think we hurt ourselves the most, whether that's um, we're not catching the ball or we're just not coming down with the catches. But I think everybody in the receiver knows, in the receiver room knows what we're capable of. We just have to go out there and play and put it out on the field. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> it is. Um, I think what are the other things, too, that has stood out, and as you heard Trevor kind of talk about, he's getting more and more comfortable with Sean Payne, too. We played earlier in the week from Traquan Smith that he really appreciated it and liked how Trevor is calm, handles things, what have you. Here's Callaway's take on how um has stood out from Trevor Simeon. When I first met Trevor, he said, yeah, man, you know, I came from Tennessee, da 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 I was like, oh, really? I'm thinking, you know, college, Tennessee. But I was like, man, I never knew you from Tennessee. But then I realized, oh, Tennessee Titans. I was like, okay, well, that makes a lot more sense. But, um, nah, um, I've, you know, Trevor and I had a good, solid relationship, you know, even though we never really worked together until um, the unfortunate thing happened with Jameis. But... It was always somebody, you know, we speak to, not somebody we just walk by, you know. We always crack a little joke. So, so. Solid relationship. A little more? Um, I think Trevor's doing a great job, you know. Came in and stepped into a role um, during Tampa. And ever since, been playing as best as he could, you know. We do our part in trying to make things easier. I know that hasn't been um, all sunshine and rainbows, but... Um, you know, it's things we got to work through, things we got to um, overcome. So, but Trevor playing lights out. All right. So that's a little bit from the receiving core and one or two more from quarterback Trevor Simeon on the fact that, you know, see, I don't want to play this. I do, but I don't. There's a stat that's had a zero the last two weeks. And if you've paid attention, you know what I'm talking about. It has, it has it's not touchdowns. It's not yards. It's not completion percent. There's a stat. It's what Jameis was trying to avoid a lot. See, I don't want to speak into existence. It's a zero through two games. Do I play his thoughts on that or not? Or do or is that a jinx? What do I do? What do I do? How about we play the fact that he got close to 300 yards? Uh, yeah, you got to get, you know, big plays um, and you got to get more plays uh, I think certainly in the first half of these games I don't think we've had enough plays and that goes back to getting your converting on your third downs and being in manageable third downs um, so good things always happen when you're on the field longer and um, you get more plays and oddly enough you know your rush yards go up your pass pass yards and all those things kind of fall into place so let's go back to that got to stay on the field longer and um get more opportunities to make plays and like i said those things kind of fall into place you heard him mention trying to get better on third i think uh i think we've been in quite a few third and longs so the third downs you know that's the glaring stat that you kind of look at and say uh we've got to be better i've got to be better but um i think you can easily look at first downs and being efficient on first downs so you're not dealing with third and seven plus you're dealing with third and five or less so um you know especially early in, in 
the ball game the last two weeks. I think that's where, where I have to be better specifically. This just in, Saints offensive lineman playing this week. Try to stay on sides, maybe not even hold, at the very least, know the snap count. That's that's my message for them this week. Please. That's all I want from you. Can you just do that? Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports next on ESPN New Orleans. Teaming up to create a healthier community, Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center present Health Watch. For most athletes, a gradual warm-up has very real benefits and can help prepare the body for a more intense exercise. A thorough warm-up helps to increase blood flow to the working muscle, which results in decreased muscle stiffness, reduced risk of injury, and often improved performance. An effective warm-up has a number of very important key elements. These elements work together to minimize the likelihood of sports injury from physical activity. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. You want to work for about 10 minutes and end your warm-up feeling well, warm, and sweating lightly. The purpose of the general warm-up is to raise the heart rate and your breathing. This also helps to increase the muscle temperature, which means your muscles are ready for more vigorous activity. The next step towards your best workout is sport-specific warm-up. The warm-up you do will depend on your sport. During this part of the warm-up, you should up the intensity, doing the same movements you'll be doing in your workout or event. For example, football players must work to stretch their hip flexors, quads, hamstrings, calves, trunk, glutes, and upper body. Each and every muscle throughout the body is used to maximize a football player's running, jumping, blocking, and catching potential. This series of stretches can capture each of these movements to better prepare the athlete for his position. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. Health Watch is a presentation of Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. For more information on the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, call 985-493-4502 or visit Thibodeau.com. Looking for uncommon talent? Meet the grads of life. They're not the typical candidates you're used to, but they're exactly who your company needs. An ideal fit for entry-level positions, internships, and even mentorships. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn more. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Question. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? And would you seat them in a car seat that's not the correct one? Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. More info at safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
From your first sunrise to the sunset of life, we are with you through life's journey. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Visit socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Thursdays around this time, we bring in Mr. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports at Paramount Sports on Twitter, ParamountSports.com. Lee, how are you? I'm good. I'm I'm real good. Can't complain. Um, I love this time of year. Got mm-hmm. um, well, my oldest actually moved out a couple weeks ago, so she'll be coming back for Thanksgiving. And my youngest is coming in from. New York City for a week, starting on Monday. So uh, fun time, and and gotta look follow Twitter, everyone. Uh, the Bake Off takes place Thanksgiving Day. Uh, <laughs> my oldest makes the banana cream pie, and the other one uh, she can make this year. We open it up; she can make any type of pie she wants uh, to challenge her sister. So we'll have about a forty-five sixty-second um, review, and I'll declare a winner as, you'll, as always. Mm, all right. Yep. Well, there you go. Um, one of the things that I find interesting too, when I asked you how you're doing, I just, you gotta be doing better than, than Manny over there. I literally, no, I thought he was fired Sunday morning. I woke up in my hotel in Tuscaloosa and he, he was trending on Twitter and people were like, is he fired? Is he fired? Somebody let break the, like, what they, didn't he just get an extension last week? Or two weeks um, ago? no, no, no extension. When, when you let go of the athletic director, what that means is that, that the new one, new AD coming in is going to make a change. So I would say it's about 97% that he's gone and mm-hmm. a lot of talk. So I think their number one target is going to be Mario Cristobal because of his recruiting Some and his size. Right? And mm-hmm. he's a former UM player and he can build programs. The number two guy though is Lane Kiffin. That's I don't know if you saw the source, really mm-hmm. good source. Um, uh, says that he's interested, he would take it. So they added an extra $25 million, did the university, not a donor, the university, to upgrade uh, their search to get the right coach and, and the right assistants and whatever they need. Um, so um, I think they finally, after five bad hires, have realized that uh, they needed to go all in if they want to be successful. How about this, uh, Gus? They do not have one local commit in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, or West Palm Beach for this coming year. Isn't that crazy? That doesn't even remotely make sense. It's, it's mind-boggling. I mean, there's so much talent here. Um, I think there's like like five or six, four and five stars, uh, and we're not talking about like barely four stars. There's some high-level four stars and a couple five stars uh, that they're not even in the game for. I'm not laughing. I just, I can't. That's a really good. Does Lane Kiffin want that job, though? I mean, like, oh, I know I he's, he's has... interested, but is it, is it a premier job? Like, can you turn it around and be a national champion team again at the U? I think so, yes. I, I think the, there's so – Miami, the university, has tons of money, more than probably 75% of the – state schools that are out there. I mean, they get donations that are huge, but it's not to the athletic department. So finally, the administration, I think, has figured it out after five bad hires. And they might even go with an AD and then also someone like a Gino Toretta or Alonzo Highsmith, who has worked for a bunch of NFL teams and most recently Green Bay for like the last 10, 15 years. And 
uh, might have them, you know, in charge of the football program. All right. Well, it's yeah. just great. That, that is it. That's mind boggling. You know, I guess it has hit a, a, a new low when you don't have any Floridians in, in your local area looking right. to go there. Um, they're all, or they're all going to Alabama. Uh, they're all going to Clemson, yeah. Georgia, mm-hmm. Ohio State, and all other parts. Unknown. <laughs> well, Lane Kiffin was a name that LSU fans were thinking and wondering if he would come over here. It really does seem lead a lot. I mean, this week, I, I this morning, I got a text: eight years, ninety-six million, Lincoln Riley. That's twelve a year. I mean, I, that makes that makes more sense. You know, I think maybe his time is is run out there. That's that's a lot, man. Yeah. Is he a good coach to you? I think he's decent. I think he's above average. Do I think he's the home run hire? No. That's what I'm thinking. Like, if he doesn't have those transfers, I'm just trying to think of, like, OU backs, OU receivers, OU – right? I mean, am I, am I wrong on that? I agree. Yeah, I think okay. he's good. But I, but I, I prefer Lane Kiffin. But he's worth $4 million more than Saban is my point, right? Right. I don't get it. Right. Okay. <laughs> LSU taking on Yo Monroe. The football team's got to play this weekend. You got a 29-and-a-half-point favorite. Is that is that too high? I, I don't know, you know, because they still are sniffing a bowl. They're 4-6. and six. They went out. Uh, and you know next week uh, at Ogeron's last home game, they're going to be crazy here. Uh, the fans like him. You know, they may not think he's the greatest coach, but he is pretty well liked. And the Warhawks, I mean, they had a chance in their game last week. They blew a fourth-quarter lead at home to Arkansas State. So, um, I mean, how about this? LSU has beaten ULM 131-7 to the last three meetings. I think LSU keeps playing hard, 45-10 over L.A. Monroe. Alabama, Arkansas, nice win by the Hogs here. You know, pulled it out, got the boot. Tied's a different yeah. opponent. 20-and-a-half-point favorite. So here's what helps Alabama. Whatever LSU did, those those blitzes that they employed a couple weeks ago, they threw everything in the kitchen sink in Alabama. They can study that. And Bill O'Brien will say, okay, this is what we're going to do when we see this look or see this kind of blitz. I think it's going to be tough for Arkansas. They haven't beaten Alabama since 2006 when Mike Shula was the coach. So Alabama's D all of a sudden late uh, season climb. They're in the top five here. Arkansas was life and death with LSU last week while Bama, they played their starters a half in that walkover over New Mexico State 59-3. I think Bama, uh, they're going to hit on some big plays here and Arkansas playing from behind. That's not where you want them. Bama big, 48-17. Mm. All right, let's go yep. on over to the NFL. Carolina, three-and-a-half point favorite Washington. Uh, you, you'd have never known it, but apparently signing Cam Newton, new life to the, uh, what, what is it, the Diamonds, Emerald City? What did it call Charlotte again? What kind of city? I'm not, it might, is it the Emerald City? I'm not it's sure. One, it's one of those, right? It's, it's anyway, the bottom Queen line. City. The Queen City, I know, is, is Cincinnati. So, Well, bottom line, they're very happy all of a sudden. <laughs> so, yeah, they're giddy. I mean, I don't. I mean, did they watch what he did uh, last year at, at New England? I think in, in the right situation for a couple series here and there, he could be the right guy. But he's not going to be the guy that takes him to the playoffs. Um, the difference here is they got Christian McCaffrey back. And McCaffrey running and catching the ball out of the backfield. I mean, he is scary good. I mean, it looks like he gains, he's going to get two, three yards and gets eight or ten here. So uh, uh, I just think Washington, who's down – the best two pass rushers in Chase Young and Montez Sweat, I think it leaves them in a bad situation. I like Carolina. I think they're going to make a run 
They're five and five. They could win the next couple. I think they win and cover here twenty seven seventeen. It is the Queen City. Charlotte no, is, is one of the twenty five okay. largest cities named in honor of Charlotte of Mecklenburg Strauss, the Queen Consort of British King George the Third. They're in the time of the city's founding, so there you go. Well, what year was, I mean, what year was that? <laughs> the time of King George III. That was, that was way back when. Green right. Bay, Minnesota. Why even play the season, right? right. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they're back in the NFC Championship game? I think they are. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota has talent. I mean, when Dalvin Cook's in, they are scary good on offense. Talent-wise, he can rip off 10, 20, 30-yard gains like it's, Nothing, but the problem is Mike Zimmer. I mean, they get in close games. They tighten up here, and Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, he didn't play well last week, mm-hmm. and they won 17 nothing. So with him being sharp after being off for a week and a half, I think that's the difference here. And their defense, I mean, under new defensive coordinator Joe Barry, they're getting better by the week here. They're giving up just 11 points per game the last five games here. Uh, I like Green Bay here, 28-20. All right, and New Orleans and Eagles. Uh, Philly, one-and-a-half-point favorite here. I, look, Taysom Hill, we'll see what the report is today. He didn't practice yesterday. Two of the five offensive linemen that you would like to start, and Ryan Ramchek and Teron Armstead didn't practice yesterday. Let's see where they are. <sighs> what am I doing? I, I, I what think, am I doing? I, I think two of the three, all three are going to play. That's my guess here, and... The Eagles are dangerous on the road. They have road wins by 17, 26, and 38 points. But uh, at home, 0-4 straight up. 1-3 against the spread here. And uh, Jalen Hurts is a great fantasy quarterback, but a real one, not so much here. The Saints are one of only two teams that have not allowed an individual 300-yard passing game this year. And just think that uh, with Kamar back, I think they're a different team here. Not going to be pretty, but uh, I have the Saints here. 20 to 14. All right. Easy enough. Uh, Lee, how can people get the game of the week? And that game of the week this week is Auburn in South Carolina. Yeah, we're going to see what the Tigers can do with uh, an ex-LSU quarterback against South Carolina with a third-string quarterback from, I think, like St. Francis or something like that is where he came from in the high school. So you want to get this game. I think there's a clear right side and wrong side to this game. Just call 800 400 Nine seven four one. How about this, Gus? I rate my games from ten to fifty units. We had a rare forty-unit play last week on Carolina plus anywhere from eight to ten points. They destroyed the Arizona Cardinals. We have another forty to fifty-unit play. We're fifty-four and twenty-one on these games the last fifteen years. I'm so sure I'm going to win this game. If you come on board for two weeks, two weeks, two ninety-seven, and that is a great price by itself. You get football. NFL and college, you're going to get college basketball and NBA, hockey and UFC, everything through the end of the month of November, just 297 If I don't win this 40 to 50 unit play, you'll get the month of December in football on me. I'm not sure. I've never guaranteed a game before. How do you hop on board for the 297 Just one way, ParamountSports.com. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, as always, man. Appreciate the time. We'll talk again next uh, week at some point, maybe before Thanksgiving. We'll try to sneak in. If okay. not, happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, for you sure. too, buddy. I keep forgetting. Next Thursday's Thanksgiving. Quick break. We come back. to Patterson, CBSSports.com. Don't go anywhere. It's a sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans.
offshore workers are among the most important members of the Gulf Coast workforce. When a person working offshore or on a vessel is injured, the effects on their family can be devastating. At the King Firm, we are proud to have experience with these types of cases and make it a priority to see that our clients receive just compensation and are treated fairly. If you've been injured, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. Ring the King at 504-909-KING or 888-241-8766. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Other banks charge fees on savings and checking accounts. Doesn't sound good, does it? Capital One reimagined banking. So it sounds more like this. With Capital One, you can open an account with no fees or minimums in five minutes. Get started now at a Capital One location or online. Sound good to you? This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? For consumers only. Approval required. Offered by Capital One and a member FDIC. Copyright 2018 Capital One. With the safe return of live events, you can actually be there to catch all the action in person with vivid seats. That's right. Every alley-oop slam, every one-timer, and every sideline grab can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats Rewards, you can earn free tickets from your very first purchase. Just buy, collect stamps, and redeem. It's that easy. From upper level to courtside, Vivid Seats has you covered for all the events that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. When you have a problem with someone, you will find anything to turn it into a negative. And this is what is happening with Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. People are waiting for the bottom to fall out. But I do know when you start trying to find the littlest thing to create a problem for a coach that is winning is ridiculous. G.J. and Max. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Chip Patterson joins us on Thursdays. College basketball is up and running here as well. Chip, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I uh, hope you are. I'm doing well. I'm just asking for a few Pels fans. Who should I be keeping my eye on? Say, like, I don't know. Two, three, four, maybe even five players. <laughs> we're at two and 14 here. Who, who are the guys scoring? Scoring is kind of a big thing right now in New Orleans for your Pelicans. So who's some scorers I should be paying attention to in the world of college basketball this season? Well, is it, I mean, isn't that conversation also include like, like both college basketball and also like not college basketball, just players from all over the place? Because there's, there's like, like, for example, you're not going to go back to Duke and get Paulo after you've already got Zion, right? I mean, okay. is that just like too on the news, on the nose to go right back to Duke and use that as your first round draft pick? I mean, do you think that they would have that kind of, uh, they would have that kind of approach to it? At this point, is, is he talented? Can he score? Can we depend on? Him? Will it be healthy? Yes. Let's, let's, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I mean, 100%. Okay. Then, yeah. then yes, then yes. Welcome aboard. Welcome to New Orleans. I think Kara is probably the guy that I'm looking at the most. Okay. All right. 
Any receivers in college football? I like Traylon Berg, some other receivers. Saints might be looking for receivers as well, Chip. Well, I mean, at least you're not looking for a quarterback because this is like one of the worst quarterback oh. classes possible, you know? Well, I I wouldn't go that far, but, you know, it's, man, it is. Look, it's, it's, it's crazy because we do – we have Coach Billy Napier on on Tuesdays. They're playing Liberty. Malik Willis is, you know, the quarterback there. Um. Yeah, it's him with Nevada's quarterback. I mean, it's really not a Carson Strong. That's him because I, I, I know he had a, a great name. Um, it, it's not, I guess, that that list of schools that you would think they would sort of have. That is that a bad thing, or is that just the the way it is this year that these guys are actually that good, or it's just it's just how it's falling? Three things are all happening at the same time. Number okay. one, you're coming in the wake of Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, which since they were in high school as juniors. Because uh, Justin Fields is really a late bloomer from the high school perspective. His junior years when he took off, Trevor Lawrence start was a starter as a freshman, and I don't know if he lost a single game as a high school starter. So we had been looking at that those two players and that quarterback class as really being kind of an all timer, and so you're coming in the wake of that. So that that's going to automatically, by comparison, uh, be a little bit of a downgrade. But even on the recruiting trail back in the day, when you were looking at a Spencer Rattler, when you were looking at a Sam Howell then, you know, that was a definite change from the kind of generational talent that you might have had on your hands with Lawrence and Fields. Then those two names I just mentioned, Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, I think that Rattler, without a doubt, has fallen short of the expectations of a preseason Heisman favorite. Mm-hmm. Howell has not had a great season, uh, but I do think that he has uh, kind of transitioned himself into being a little bit more of a dual-threat quarterback. Now, is, that, is he going to be able to sustain that? Uh, do NFL teams want him to, to be that kind of player? He certainly has not been the 68-touchdown gunslinger that he was as a freshman or sophomore. Mm-hmm. And then we could even extend it out to JT Daniels, who is not even Georgia's starting quarterback right now. Just all of the names of the players that we thought were going to be in that number one quarterback position, which and you mentioned the schools, Georgia. Oklahoma, like North Carolina, sure, that's a little bit of a dark horse, but Mitch Trubisky was from North Carolina, and that's why we're having these conversations about Liberty's quarterback Malik Willis and Nevada's quarterback Carson Strong is because the quarterbacks at a lot of these blue bloods just didn't end up panning out the way that uh, it looked on the Heisman Trophy board. The only one that I would say has kind of cashed in somewhere close to preseason expectations that will be draft eligible is Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral. Mm -hmm. And he's had to battle through so much injury just sort of throughout this season. I wonder if if even we are underrating what he could be at the NFL level just because the production hasn't been uh, quite as wild as we might have expected. Yeah, truly a dual threat there as well. Can hurt you with his legs, and he's got a strong arm to throw it up. Uh, At Chip underscore Patterson is the way to follow him over on Twitter. All right, so I'm sure like us over here, you've, you know, been seeing the reports, the rumors. Apparently now it's Lincoln Riley. I mean, you know, Mel Tucker cashed in 10 years, what, 95. I got a text this morning. Is it true eight years, 96 for Lincoln Riley? That's what I've been hearing. 12, 12 and a half to pull him away. Sell me on Lincoln Riley from this aspect of it. I think he's a nice coach. I think he inherited a nice program. I think he's been the benefactor of some really nice transfer quarterbacks. I don't think I'm under, I'm not trying to undersell him. But I'm trying to think of, like, other position groups and things that he's done. To me, it's like, it's Oklahoma. Every year they're ranked highly. Every year they lose a game or two they shouldn't. And they don't win a national championship. So 
is that 12 and a half? I don't know. Am I, am I completely off the base on that? And that with Lincoln Riley, what, 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 what do you see with Lincoln Riley? Is he 12 and a half? Well, that's the thing is I just don't think that we can't. Here's what we got to do. All right. Sure. We are so used to judging um, a lot of these like contracts and these numbers. And for the most part, and I say this as somebody who doesn't follow Major League Baseball closely, but we're talking about salary cap type uh, situations where we can assign value and coaching salaries are uncapped. You know, I mean, college football coaching salaries are closer to like European soccer transfer fees. You know, I mean, it's just where does the money come from? I don't know. Saudi oil. Like, where does the money come <laughs> That's from? That's a very good know. point. Like, like right. a huge overseas conglomerate. Right. Like, where, does, where does the money come from in college football coaching salaries? Especially if you don't ask that, especially if we are around any recording devices. Like, I just don't think any college football fan should feel well-informed enough about their university and athletic department's finances to feel like they have a good idea of what 12.5 means. Again, I understand why we do it. Because we're used to talking about basketball players and their contracts. We're used to talking about NFL players and their contracts. But those are salary cap situations. And that is simply what we don't have here. So is he worth 12.5? Money's not real when it comes to these big-time coaching salaries. Now let me sell you on Lincoln Riley and tell me the, what you're going to get, okay. what you'd be paying for, and what he still has yet to prove. Uh, the coaches who go up against Lincoln Riley – sing Lincoln Riley's praises the most. I'm talking about Gary Patterson. I'm talking about Mike Gundy. Uh, you know, these coaches that know ball say that game planning for Lincoln, and then when you get in the game, his play calling, the way that he adjusts, what he learns okay. from seeing your defense and the way that he finds weaknesses, it really is next level. Um, like It is the kind of uh, you know expectation where Lincoln Riley would be arriving he would be inheriting a talented roster, and he would be taking over uh, a group, especially at the wide receiver position, that's really like ready to dominate the SEC. I think that it is going to be tougher to have that, those same kinds of wins in the SEC on a regular basis. But heck, he's going to have to face that as the Oklahoma as Oklahoma makes the move to the SEC uh, here in just a little bit. What has he yet to prove? Um, you know, Oklahoma's defense has been a thing, right? It's been something that has been awful, like bottom, you know, 20, 25 units in the country. It has been okay, you know, about middle tier, 65, 70. But Oklahoma's defense has not been top 10. Oklahoma's defense has not been top 15. And is that an Oklahoma situation or is that a Lincoln-Riley situation? It is very difficult for me uh, to separate the two. And then what you'd be paying for, really, is the kind of long trajectory. He's just so young. He is recruited better than Bob Stoops was recruiting at Oklahoma. He seems to understand how to connect to and um, engage with the modern college football player and more as important, the modern high school prospect. And so you'd be taken uh, the way that he has taken over the recruiting along with the X's and O's game planning, play calling. And you think, man, that's a that's a great recipe for success. Does he have things yet to prove as a head coach? Absolutely. But you'd be investing in him over the long term because he's still so young. See, and that's why we have you on, sir. That was a fair way to look at it. Pluses and minuses, pros and cons, and, and what you're getting. And look, to your point, 
How much is a person worth? How much are you willing to go get him? I mean, that's what it's worth, right? I mean, what's that asking price? How bad do you want it? And, and that's no difference than any free market. Michigan State, Ohio State, sir. Mel Tucker cashed in. Can he beat the Buckeyes? Ohio State's a 19-point favorite at the horseshoe. I think it's going to be closer than that just because Ohio State's game, like the Purdue game, he did one of two things. Number one, it showed Ohio State turned a corner, or number two, it was a little bit of a false flag red herring situation because Purdue was coming off of that massive win against Michigan State, right? And Purdue has a history of these upsets. You know what else Purdue has a history of? Laying an egg in the next game out after one of these upsets. So I think that it was less of showing that Ohio State has turned the corner and a little bit more of the Buckeyes catching Purdue at the right time. I think that this Michigan State team is going to come into Columbus and I, I think that it's going to find ways to get wins in the red zone. I think it's going to be one of those games where you're sitting down and you're watching it, and it feels like C.J. Stroud is just moving the ball. Like Every time you look up, Travion Henderson is you know breaking loose on a run. Uh, you know, here we go, we're throwing it to Alave. We're throwing it to Garrett Wilson. And But what happens when Ohio State gets in the red zone will determine the game. And Michigan State, under Mel Tucker this season, has played a little bit of that bend-but-don't-break defense. And they are one of the better, I guess, top 10, top 15 teams in terms of red zone defense. Ohio State is not one of the best red zone offenses. And so I think it's a game where as you watch it, it feels like the Buckeyes are dominating. Mm -hmm. But on the scoreboard, you're going to be like, I tell you what, um, Ohio State's only up by 11 right now. And there's eight minutes left. And certainly the pressure of the moment would then build into this. I think Michigan State's going to have a chance to make it a game in the fourth quarter. But I do think Ohio State eventually will end up winning just because it's a little bit more of a uh, well-rounded team. Okay, with that, perhaps, and give me 60 seconds and we'll get to your game of the week, sir. SMU at number five, Cincinnati. I mean, this is this is the game that the Bearcats need, right? They need to – I know SMU's not ranked, but they're eight and two, and this is probably their last gasp to try to get into one and four unless a couple of those teams lose. I'm so exhausted with Cincinnati. <laughs> it's so tiring. Like, I just, they have been playing this game for two years, Gus. For two years, we just, we keep showing up, and it's the same late season game. I, I can't do it anymore. And yeah. SMU has a coach right now who, like, a certain segment of the TCU fan base seems to believe is going to be just, Marching on down, you know, just to make the real quick drive from yeah. SMU's campus to TCU's campus at the end of the season. So I don't know if SMU is going to be the kind of giant player that some may want or some may be rooting against. I will say that the most important thing about this game is that Cincinnati is really good. Uh, two things on defense, and Gus, you know this well. Their defensive line does a great job of getting wins against your blockers, and it's because right. in part the secondary is so nasty. SM, SMU's best thing that they've got going for them is the passing game, so it's like SMU strength, guess what, it runs up against Cincinnati's strength. I think it's a stalemate. I think Cincinnati wins, but I reiterate my first statement. I am so exhausted with Cincinnati. <laughs> I ran us out of time, but I didn't get to get to your game of the week, of course. It's Arkansas and Alabama. Any shot whatsoever for the home? No, 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 no. Okay. This will be a good Alabama <laughs> At Chip underscore Patterson, CBS Sports HQ, the podcast as well, Cover 3 podcast. 
they go into all the detail of stuff that we did not get into. Thank you, Chip. Appreciate your time, sir. Sounds good. Y'all be well. At Chip underscore Patterson. Quick break. Final segment on ESPN New Orleans. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. On August 29, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985-446-3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. I was surprised. I was definitely surprised. Yep, we had no idea. Totally surprised. Um, can you say jaw drop? Who knew? State Farm with these great rates? The surprise everyone's talking about is the surprisingly great rates for home and auto insurance from State Farm, especially when you combine them. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today. 985-632-0988. What you cooking for Thanksgiving? Get a free honeysuckle grade A frozen turkey with purchase of a Hormel Cure 81 spiral slice ham at Rouse's Markets. Fresh burly toes are on special at Rouse's, just 10 cents each, save 69 cents a piece. A three-pound bag of Louisiana sweet potatoes is 25 cents a pound. You save two twenty-four a bag. And 16-ounce pints of prestige fresh shucked Louisiana oysters are just $12.99. You save $3 a pint. Saving money feels good. Rouse's Markets, happy Thanksgiving. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. We're going to get him on at one point, I promise. Roy, this Miami football fan, just requested that we beat the Buffalo Bills for them. Looking for a fourth straight win, the Dolphins. All of a sudden, they believe in Tua. Um, anyway, we'll see. I, I let can we just get the Eagles first? We just beat the Eagles first. So I played earlier Sean Payton's three minute thing with Dan Patrick earlier today on the roughing the passer penalty. One happy about it. Trevor Simeon was asked about it yesterday. No, you know I, I think I saw uh, Tom Brady say something that was pretty poignant uh, in terms of protection for receivers um, that they're getting, and I think it kind of. Uh, skews some of the accountability of the game. and um, You know, there's a way the game should be played so these kind of things don't happen. As a quarterback, you know, you know that's that's kind of the cost of doing business. You hold on to the ball, you're going to get hit. Now, you know, some of these hits are egregious, and I think a lot of people can agree on what's, what's kind of crossing the line. But, um, you know, quarterbacks, I think there needs to be some protection there. But at the same time, like I said, there's a cost of doing business sometimes. And, uh, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. I love that, huh? It's football. 
And again, I think at the at the at the same time, he understands what we've been talking about, physics. I'm going to talk about the high school class and whether or not you did good in it. But you can understand certain things. You don't have to be Isaac Newton or Einstein to understand theories of this or, you know, theses of that. Movable force, an object. Like, I can understand that. If Jordan went in front of me, I'd chunk my water bottle at him. Likely it's going to continue and hit him in the forehead. Sorry, Jordan, but it's about science. It just doesn't stop in the air. <laughs> right? It just I, I don't understand the principle and premise of that, which is, again, why, and I'd play it again, but we're about to run out of time. And I'll do it again tomorrow. It's what I think Sean was saying about how it starts at the top at leadership. Good old comrade Gundel uh, is, you know, it's safety or it's this. Or it's, I mean, It's not just the roughing the passer. You see it across the game right now. Hitting receivers, defensive backs. It, it, I don't know how you tackle anybody. I'm trying to chase my mini schnauzer running around, and I, I'm trying not to break my ankle and stuff. And he's fast, does circles. I'm trying to hit him at the pass, and when I get there, I'm going full force. I'm hoping I don't crush him. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I guess the analogy I'm sort of using there is like when you look at the fact that you have a player moving in one direction and you're moving in another direction and you're trying to meet, man, I love when the officials are them saying, hey, aiming, what are you aiming for? The right area, the right target. I don't know. It almost sounds like uh, it's from people that have never played before, right? He was asked about this, uh, Trevor Simeon about his comfort level with Sean Payton. And he had this to say. Yeah, it's, it's probably been accelerated, probably more so for me. Um, but, yeah, I think you, you have the headset on in, uh, you know, during during the games as a backup, too, so you kind of get a feel for how Sean gets the call in and what he's thinking, and you get a feel for the rhythm of the game and how he calls it. And um, certainly uh, being in the huddle, managing personnel, um, you get even more of a feel for that. But, um you know, that's your job as a backup, too, is to kind of be in tune with all those um, all those types of things and how Sean likes to call it and what the message is during the week. And you wonder if his comfortableness is one of the reasons why the Saints, again, 22 unanswered in the fourth quarter against the Falcons. They also had a, a bit of a comeback against the Titans, and he was asked about closing the games lately. Yeah, I think um, you always look at, you know, why, is, why, aren't, why aren't you winning? And um, for me, it's, you know, we got to play better early. Um yeah, I think it's, you know, when everybody recognizes we got to have some urgency and we probably got to throw it a little more, um, you know, you, you don't really want to become one-dimensional if you don't have to. But, um, you know, we can play with anybody. Um, we just got to put it together early in football games, I think. So deny when they go to the two-minute offense, it seems to work a little bit. Here's his thoughts on that. Yeah, he, uh, he gets us going, uh, you know, clock stop. He's got a good feel for that, getting us in the right play when clock stop. Um, you know, he knows when to give guys freedom um, in the routes and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I think it's uh, it's something that we put a lot of emphasis on, you know, through training camp and, and during the week. So um, every week I think we've got a rock-solid plan going into two minutes. So um, we're not kind of caught on our heels scrambling like, oh, crap, we got two minutes. What do we like, you know? 
There we go. How about we start the game in two minutes? I don't know. We'll look at the injury reports. And, of course, tomorrow, Pels take on the Clippers. I'm going to have four tickets. If you want to go, I'm going to give them away tomorrow. Up next is Matt Moscone. And after further review, thanks for tuning us in. You've been listening to the Sports Hangover on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans.